you're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about life in the UK and things to do with British English. My name's Holly. And my name's Murray. And this week we're talking about swearing. We are indeed. You I'm... bloody lucky listeners, you. Now, come on, is, was there any need for that? Sorry. <laughs> Do not have to put a content warning on this? <laughs> I think we're going to have to anyway. But before we talk about swearing... Yeah. Got to talk a little bit about uh, some pop culture stuff, things that have been happening in the news this week. Oh my goodness. Well, a nice bit of news this week, I think, which is that they've announced the new Bake Off presenter. So uh, Matt Lucas uh, of Little Britain fame was uh, co-presenter with Noel Fielding for, I don't know, not that long, maybe four years or something, three or four years. But yeah, it feels quite recent. Though. Yeah, um, but he's gone and they have announced that Alison Hammond oh. is replacing him, which is so nice. We, we've got to confess, um, you know, without wanting to go into our sort of... <laughs> cynical reasons but we we haven't watched Bake Off for a couple of years despite it being a huge cultural the, institution yeah one of the biggest programs on British television well this is um, the thing we haven't sort of explained what it is but I sort of assume that people know I don't it's that sort of imperialist of me to assume well, that I don't, well I don't know because it's called the Great British Bake Off here but I know that in America they call it something like the the, ba- the British Baking Show or something yeah do you know why that is no there's a company in the US like a, a like a biscuit they don't call them that but like a, a biscuit company yeah um, that like owns the copyright to the the word bake off oh. um because like i think people in the uk get really snobby when things are called something else in in america because i think we have this stereotype that like oh in america they're like too stupid to handle like this complicated word i'm not saying we think no this, but there is definitely like a snobby thing like i'm thinking about like harry potter books like the um harry potter and the sorcerer's stone i remember people being very sniffy about that mm. and i think some people have this idea that like that's why bake off isn't called bake off in america but it is literally a copyright issue um but yeah because they have like because they show it in America, I just assume everybody knows what it is. Um, so yeah, but just just in case people don't know what it is, do you want to introduce us to the concept, okay, the so, format? Okay, so yeah, uh, it's a, a baking competition series where um, amateur bakers uh, across the UK apply, and I think they pick 12, uh, or maybe 13, a baker's dozen. Ah, lovely. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's 12 or 13 uh, contestants, and every week they have to compete against each other in different baking challenges and then someone gets chosen chosen as the star baker so the best baker and someone gets sent home mm. um and it's strange what a massive phenomenon it is in the uk because we do like you know puddings and stuff <laughs> but i think it's also although it is a competition format it's pretty gentle yeah um that people on it don't tend to be massively competitive they they're, they're baking in a marquee on a country estate yeah. so it's all very sort of genteel and it's all sort of, set up to sort of feel like a village fate but a village fate that someone's decided to play tense music over and edit in a way that it's like you've got five minutes left and someone realizes like oh no I've used salt instead of sugar in yeah. my cake mix so they do sort of amp up the the tension and there have been like massive sort of <gasps> oh yeah controversial moments off the back of it things that have yeah, happened the Bind Alaska Bind Alaska um, I mean that's the main one yeah Howard's custard. Um, oh, uh, pre-bought uh, pre-bought of, um, icing yeah, yeah um, I'm so like conscious as we're talking about this that people are going to be listening and being like why does this matter to you so much but like it, it it's really such a big thing to people, yeah, people yeah. are very invested in it um, and I also feel like the sort of 
I don't know, so much is bound up in it. So, like, yeah, that sort of village fate, like, ambience it's very that they're English, going for. It's it, so really? English, yeah. like, the bunting and everything. But then also just the stuff from it, like, it leaving the BBC and going to Channel 4. Yeah, that and, was like, a huge drama. That, yeah. I don't know if their contract ran out at the BBC, um, the production company that makes the show, but they, they got a big offer from Channel 4 and went over there, and people kicked off because... There's adverts on Channel 4, and mm. it was seen as selling out. National Treasure Mary Berry left mm. as one of the judges, and so did National Treasure's Mel and Sue, <laughs> uh, who were the presenters. So it was it was a big change. And I remember at the time being like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it on Channel 4. And then we did watch it, yeah. and it's sort of weirdly the same as before, except that Prulith is is no Mary Berry. Mary no. Berry was so gentle, and she always had something kind to say, whereas Prulith can be a bit mean. <laughs> She calls people's cakes a waste of calories. Oh, yeah, I know, gosh. I know. But great news that Alison Hammond is going to be one of the presenters oh God, because yeah. she is just an icon. She is so nice. If you don't know much about her, she started out on Big Brother. Um, as a contestant? Yeah, she was a contestant on Big Brother. And I think she was the second to go home, which is unbelievable. Oh, my God. Because she's so just, like, warm and charismatic and people just really love her. If you um, are a regular viewer of our Instagram stories and the accent quizzes they're in, mm. you will know her as our favourite example of a Midlands accent. Yeah, because she's not... one of fairly few mm. celebrities with that accent, so she, she crops up a lot in her quizzes. She does, but she's hilarious. Um, look her up online because she's done some hilarious celebrity interviews. I'm sure there are YouTube compilations of just like funniest Alison Hammond moments mm. because she is what some people might refer to as a liability. <laughs> like she's... she just creates chaos. She's she does lots of presenting for morning television uh, and there's an amazing thing where I don't know why someone decided <laughs> to do this I think it's in the docks in Liverpool well because they used to do it in the 80s it was a big thing like oh, was it, it? it was like a regular feature I can't remember who the guy was but a famous weather presenter used to be out there like every morning in the docks oh with a on... floating weather map yeah so they had this big map of the UK just like floating in the docks and he'd be like running about it you know jumping from like Northern Ireland to Scotland to like show you you know the the where the cold front was moving or whatever oh that's um, i see i didn't yeah. even get that was no the reference, no because um, i'm sure Alison... he fell in once Did and it he? was like a big like hilarious well moment. of course he's gonna fall in what are the chances of not if you're running around yeah. floating <laughs> and then map? they brought it back as a bit of a stunt for Alison hammond and uh yeah. and for some reason they decided to get two sort of <laughs> hunky blokes dressed as sailors to accompany her oh why not uh, a very camp move if and i then... was her that's what i'd demand as she well. anyway she pushed one of them into the water <laughs> by mistake but it's worth <laughs> on live telly it's worth watching because it's so oh, god it's just glorious she yeah she is just such a nice person she has a hilarious laugh yeah um and she's a real character so i think that it'll be very interesting though to see how she'll pair with noel fielding because if he sort of tries to be dry with her i'm not having it i want him well, to just be swooning because if i was with her that's what i would do so th- this is the weird thing like Bake Off started off being presented by Mel and Sue, who are a sort of comedy double act, and they were very, like, their whole thing is they were very, like, warm with the contestants, and they made sort of, like, bad jokes, but it was all, like, just had a very nice Yeah, vibe. sort of cheesy baking puns and stuff, and double entendres. Yeah. <laughs> and then they replaced them with Noel Fielding and Sandy Toxvig. Yeah. Um, which was a weird choice, because Noel Fielding is a stand-up comedian whose whole thing is just being weird. 
Yeah, like, sort of like surreal humor. Yeah. Like, he was from the Mighty Boosh, so if you've seen that, that's not fielding. Yeah, this sort of comedy that, like, maybe this will sound harsh, but that I think really just appeals to, like, teenage boys, a certain kind of teenage boy. Like, I don't think it's necessarily got a very broad appeal. Yeah. Even though he seems to have made a very big career for himself out of this. So he yeah, was a weird he does choice. this, like, kind of surreal stuff. And then Sandy Toxvig is... It's like just a, like a sort of bossy posh woman. Yeah, I'm not but a sure. public intellectual in some way. Like she does, um, she presents QI and she does sort of learned programs yeah. on the BBC. Um, but yeah, so that was a strange pairing, and I'm not sure that it ever really worked. And no. then they replaced her with Matt Lucas, who again, like Matt Lucas. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about anything too serious, but like Matt Lucas is best known for Little Britain, which. Okay, was very funny in some ways, but also looking back at it now, it was so cruel. Mm. And, like, there have been lots of, I think, very legitimate accusations of racism made against that programme. I mean, him and David Williams, he and David Williams, who was the other member of Little Britain, um, like, literally appeared in blackface. Oh, God. I mean... (laughs) It's this, you know, we we allegedly live in, you know, um, a time of cancel. We just didn't know. It was, a, it was ten years ago. Things were so different. Well, like, you know, people go on about cancel culture. But, like, these guys were literally in blackface. And they're both huge celebrities still. Mm-hmm. They get these big profile gigs. So, like, high profile gigs. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't weird, know where the cancellation it? comes in. Um, but, again, I, like, I'm not saying, you know, like, you know, oh, so he shouldn't be on television mm-hmm. ever. But, again, it was a weird choice. Something that's supposed to be so, like, cosy and comforting. Having this, like, surrealist comedian and this guy who's mainly associated with a programme that sort of, like, vilifies minorities for, for laughs. Well, and also, what's interesting um, is that he... I think both he and Sandy Toxvic had been like, I've never I've never seen Bake Off. And given that what a massive deal it is for people, yeah. I always find it frustrating when people get those gigs where it's where they're like, Oh, I've never actually watched the show, or I've never yeah. And it's a bit like, Well I'm sure there's those people who have an encyclopedic knowledge of it who would love to have yeah, a chance to be you, on it and like they'd really be like massive fans of it while they were presenting it so yeah, when it just all felt a bit like cynical yeah when something's an institution like that you want like when people go on Strictly and they're like I'm a Strictly super fan like I've been doing this for years I love it yeah they're like I've only come on this because my family have bullied me yeah. because we all just watch it together and yeah. I, you know I that, that's what we want but yeah I'm very pleased that it's Alison Hammond and I I would be interested in returning to the fold, as it were. Yeah, I. That's the thing. I think that might tempt me back to watching it because I felt I felt very upset about the sort of snarky tone of it. But I, how could it possibly be snarky if she's on it? She's so adorable. Yeah. So thank you, Alison. Yeah, you we for, love you. Alison. Restored our faith in Baker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that enough of uh, pressing current cultural matters? Yeah, I don't think anything else is happening in the news. Oh, thank God, <laughs> thank God. So our main topic this week is swearing. Mm. A very bold choice because I, I mean, we we try not to swear on the podcast because otherwise it gets a little label on it that says this contains explicit language. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want everyone to be able to enjoy listening to this and yeah. for you not to feel you have to switch it off in case there are children <laughs> present. Well, we're not going to swear, I, well, okay, we're not going to swear much in this episode. No. We're, not, we're not going to run through a list of uh, increasing profanity. <laughs> but we mm. have been putting together a little PDF guide on how to swear in British English, which should be ready, or just about ready, by the time this episode goes out. That'll be 
uh, available for our patrons and uh, in our coffee shop as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, that that will cover everything that we're you know much, we're too modest yeah, to say. That we're, oh, we're too, blushing. Yeah, it's well. The thing is, like, yeah, we're acting coy, but swearing is a massive part of British culture. Yeah, it's people swear so much here. And I mean, especially like we're in Scotland now, there is a lot of swearing in Scotland. I don't know why that is, but it just seems like people swear a lot. And there's no sort of, there's no like force behind it. It's, there's no sort of malice. It's just, it's just often like a part of the way people talk, like the rhythms of people's speech. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like Are you saying they're in being Scotland aggressive. Particularly, or... In Scotland particularly. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure. I think Scotland has a reputation for for um, having a, a strong swearing culture, if I can put it that way. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's something that's very personal. Like I've met people in my life who just don't swear um, because they just happen not to. And I've met people who are like really against it and just think it's really vulgar and like unpleasant. Yeah, they're in the minority, I think. Yeah, I would say most people swear pretty casually. I think I think it is a big part of the culture. Um and yeah, there are sometimes though people who who really object to it, especially to particular swear words. There's some very strong swear words. Uh, one, for example, I'm thinking of that begins with the letter C. Mm. You might hear it in Scotland a lot, and people just say it. Instead of, say, like, you know, people might say, like, um, someone, but instead of one, uh, they replace it with this word. And it doesn't mean, like, I hate this person. Yeah. It, it's just kind of the way that it's used. But, yeah, there are some people who find that word, like, grossly offensive, and they kind of get on their high horse about it. Yeah, which I always, I always think is a little bit weird. Like, I, I can understand... Well, okay, there's certain words that, for example, I haven't even put in our swearing guide because I just because they are you know offensive on like racial lines or oh, you know, God, something like that yeah, yeah, which yeah. I'm just not I just wouldn't say in my life and I'm not even gonna write it down no. because like yeah let those words just die out yeah um but like words that are just like you know parts of the anatomy or like you know <laughs> other sort of um taboo things but that aren't sort of discriminatory I don't really see why you would object so strongly to that mm. um and it was like I know some women particularly think that like using parts of the female anatomy me as an insult is like misogynistic okay yeah which like that's totally valid if if people feel that way like people's response to language is very subjective and it's you can't tell anyone else how to feel about things but like yeah there are enough people who don't feel that way that I sort of I'm happy not subscribing to that interpretation. Yeah, I know what you um, mean. So, have you got some uh, <clears throat> phrases related to swearing that you want to uh, you want to run past me today? I do have one. Um, this is not so much like a colloquial phrase, but it's just an important bit of knowledge to okay. have regarding swearing in British culture. Yeah, uh, and that is the watershed. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> which I have put into a little example sentence. Okay, hit uh, me. Which also contains another colloquialism. Oh, you got yeah. it all today, haven't you? Nothing if not efficient. <laughs> okay, so. It must be so stressful presenting a live TV show before the watershed. You must constantly be worrying that someone might drop an F-bomb. Nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, I should clarify, like, the idea of dropping an F-bomb, which means saying the F-word. So, you know, that swear word that begins with F that I'm sure you all know. Um, That's not, like, a particularly British thing. I'm sure that they say that in America as well. Yeah, like F-bomb and C-bomb. People don't tend to say S-bomb. No, I was thinking about that. Even though, like, that would be as catastrophic. To as, say on the telly, yeah, the watershed. Um, oh my gosh, so the watershed. This is basically so. Um, before nine o'clock, 
uh, you're not allowed to swear on TV in the UK. Um, I think there are some exceptions. Like, I think you could probably say, like, bloody, and you could maybe yeah. say, sort of, oh, bugger, or something. Like, milder swear words you could probably get away with, but as a general rule, mm. no swearing before nine o'clock. After which, the gloves are off. You can swear as much as you want. And it's it's something I find... I heard him take a breath that you can't swear as much as you no, want. No, and you still, um, like... You still probably won't hear the C word. Um, not, no. You might hear it a bit, but, yeah. but not much. That's the thing. You can't say loads of really bad swear words in a row or no. something if you're on... And I'm sure I've heard, like, TV writers talking... And, like, film... Like, screenwriters for film as well talking about, like, meetings they've had with, like, BBC executives or, like, funders <laughs> and things like that. Where like, like, you said the F word, like, 17 times here. Can you sort of trim it down to 13 Well, times? or, like, you can have three F words if you lose one of your C words. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or we'll, we'll give you an extra bugger if you drop this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, there's a sort of sort of mad arithmetic that goes on behind the scenes. But in principle, after nine o'clock, after the watershed, you can swear, and also things like nudity can be. Shown. Oh yeah, like it, things um, just get a bit more raunchy. Yeah. It's it's funny though because uh, whenever there are uh, US guests on British chat shows, mm. so especially thinking of stuff like Graham Norton, where they sometimes people swear and then they say, "Oh no," or they say oh, are we allowed to swear? And they can't believe the freedom. So I guess you can just never swear on telly in the US, even, you know, like late in the... I mean, I know people do swear on TV shows, but I just mean like on chat shows and stuff in the US, seemingly you can't get away with it. But yeah, here, swear away. Welcome to the UK. (laughs) So, you know, I was listening to a German podcast where they were talking about swearing and something that really surprised me is they were saying that they find it really weird when they watch American stuff and the swearing's like bleeped out. Mm. Because apparently that just doesn't happen in Germany oh. like they just if someone swears they just leave it in but I guess people are just encouraged not to oh, but right. like yeah they don't they just don't have a concept of like bleeping things out oh things yeah things are bleeped out here and like sometimes it's that thing where they they actually do just make a bleeping noise more commonly like if you watch a music video or something it's that thing where they put like a bit of blurriness over the person's <laughs> mouth so that you can't actually yeah. see them like mouthing the swear you can't lip read the swear uh. word um, yes, and and the thing about like live TV, mm. um, it's it's quite <laughs> funny because then like people always well, people are generally quite well behaved, but it does often happen that a, a swear word will slip out during a live broadcast, and then they have to apologise. Yeah, they especially they they have to do this very sort of um, po face like we're incredibly sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing Ozzy Osbourne being interviewed on the one show and oh you could gosh. just see like how clenched the buttocks of both <laughs> the presenters were. The fear in their eyes as they sat there. And I think he said something like, oh, I don't remember, I was pissed most of the time. Oh and gosh. they were like, <laughs> and they had to just keep saying like we apologize so much do you know what though one of my favorite incidents of like pre-watershed swearing <gasps> and it was on the radio so where like the rules are less strict yeah but and it was totally you know exactly what i'm talking about don't no, you no i don't all oh, right no i'm just thinking of um was it james Nochte reading oh, the news? accidental pre-watershed swearing yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, James, I think it was James Nochte was, like, just reading a news bulletin where he had to mention, now, what was he at the time, health minister or something? I Ger- think he must have been, yeah. Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt. Um, and, yeah, the, the newsreader mispronounced that name quite catastrophically. Oh! Um, and then just... People constantly mispronounce it, but, yeah, to That became a bit of a it, thing. He sort of went, like, uh, uh, he and just it sort went of into this huge fit. coughing yeah. fit. 
Um, yeah, but that was really nice. <laughs> what were you thinking of a different example? No, I what what I was actually thinking of is that um, yes, you're not allowed to swear, uh, but also on the BBC, you're not allowed to uh, do any product placement. You well, can't yeah. you can't mention the name of brands because it classes as advertising, and it's a publicly funded broadcaster where there isn't advertising. Mm. But when we were watching the Strictly Come Dancing, was it the final? Anton Dubeck described someone's dance as being like smooth as a word as original, and we both just went like. Ah! <laughs> and it was almost as though he'd said like the worst swear yeah, word before yeah, yeah. the watershed because you just can't advertise and they, you could tell they were gonna so they were thinking should someone say like oh other brands are available or whatever but, but yeah very but it's mad. funny that that has become just like part of british culture like people people if they mention a brand name just even in conversation will quite open will quite often jokingly then go oh other brands of <laughs> boiled sweet are available yeah. um like people just do that's so ingrained in the culture that like yeah mentioning brand names is somehow like taboo just because of the bbc it's yeah this it's weird like <laughs> britain wide in joke sort of i'd thing. like to see i'd like to see a kind of a rapper who instead of being like driving in my bends is like driving my bends or another uh, yeah driving similar... in my lu- luxury sports utility vehicle <laughs> not mentioning a specific yeah like the fact they have to say like sticky tape instead of sellotape and stuff like it's yeah. just yeah but all these like mad sort of alternative alternative words that are in the in our vocabulary something that's quite a good topic of conversation actually a bit of a good icebreaker um is to ask people whether or not they swear in front of their parents so mm. i think this is something that people have very different uh, attitudes towards and it te- i think it tells you a lot about the kind of relationship people have within their families mm. like how much they swear or whether they swear at all yeah because i i do swear in front of my parents now um not much but i will occasionally swear i would not say the c word in front of them my yeah. mum thinks that's absolutely horrible um but yeah i do swear a bit but growing up i certainly didn't and it probably wasn't until i was in my sort of early to mid 20s when i lived with them again that that became a thing I think like as a child if I'd sworn I would have been in massive trouble yeah. I remember at school saying that something was crap at primary school <laughs> and one of the other kids being like that's swearing and I was like oh no it isn't and then just feeling absolute dread of them telling yeah. on me and getting into trouble for oh, saying it it's, um, yeah I remember when I was a child I thought crap was the c word Ah. What an innocent time. Well, I, I've told you this before, but I, I had never heard the C word in my life until I was, I think, 12 or 13, and someone at school said to me, oh, you know, like the worst swear word. And I was like, what do you mean? And they, they said it to me, and I was like, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Can you believe that? Gosh. What a sheltered, uh, what a sheltered yeah. time I had of it as a child. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I I swear a fair amount in front of my parents, but I wouldn't. I once said the c word in front of my mum, and she gasped, oh. and I was like, "Okay, I guess, I guess that's, that's you found the line." The line, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I would, I would never ever swear in front of my grandparents. That would be <laughs> that would be an absolute no no. I wouldn't swear in front of my dad's parents, but my mum's mum is a she's a woman of the world. Yeah, um, she's she's heard these words yeah. before. But she'll she'll sort of like hit me. <laughs> that sounds dramatic, but she'll sort of cuff me around the ear for saying <laughs> words that I've literally just heard her say. Yeah, well, you know, she's she's earned the right to say but those that's true. words. She's yeah. lived a life where but, it was. But weirdly, although she's not religious, the the one word she really doesn't like me saying is Christ. Ah, she finds that really offensive. Yeah, my my mum finds that really offensive. No. And I think when you've grown up 
with yeah with the idea that that's blasphemy i think yeah. it's very hard not to feel like that yeah it's so yeah it's just an example of the way that like people have very like personal and very like sort of socially determined relationships to swear words mm. um in particular well i think that also um I, I think it's just worth saying that yeah if you like visit the uk or if you come to live in the uk just to be really careful around it because i know like for example in spain right the c word that's just used all the time, isn't it? Well, this, this is the difficulty. Okay, so I know what it I doesn't say like is, translate literally. No, but... this is the thing. Like, you can look up swear words in the dictionary, which you know, I'm I'm not above admitting that I've I've spent a jolly half hour in my teens doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can look up swear words in the dictionary and see what it says the equivalent it, it is. But like these things are so like socially determined, so like part of the culture that you really need to listen to native speakers using them to get a sense of how offensive they actually are and when people actually use them. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you look up the C word in a Spanish dictionary, you'll get coño, mm-hmm. which, yeah, that's vulgar in Spanish. But, like, certainly in Spain, they use that far... Like, probably they use that in the same way, in a similar way to how some Scottish people use the C oh, word. Right, uh-huh. But... Yeah, it's the you can't really draw equivalences like that. You really need to like see how these words work in a sort of native context. Mm. Um, oh my god, I remember when I was at school, mm. um, m- one of my friends calling our PE teacher a twat, ah. like to his face, and. I think, well, he he was sort of leaving the room, so she sort of called it after him. And I was like, oh, what? Because, and she thought it was just the same as, like, saying twit, which, again, you probably wouldn't say to no. a teacher. But she just didn't realise how rude it was. Uh, and I remember having to be like, um, you know, that's that's not a very strong swear word, but it's still, I would not call uh, my teacher or my boss or, you know, I just wouldn't use that word sort of casually. Um, and I think that, yeah, even even like native and native level speakers, like you, th- there are some words that maybe you would just like, you've heard casually and you don't realise that yeah. like, other people will find it like a bit of a shocker. Definitely. Um, but, but also like, I, I think another difficulty is we live in an age now where like people can be quite keen on interpreting words through their sort of etymology and like sort of re-engineering their sort of cultural meaning. So, for example, the word twat. Yeah. So I've always I've always known that word and known that like it's a fairly impolite word. It's an insult. But I remember when we were teenagers, some I remember there being a thing in the news that someone had complained. Um, because there was the word twat was used in a Jacqueline Wilson novel. Oh right! And this the oh, person I, love Jacqueline I know. Wilson. Oh bless her, so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, this person was complaining that that was misogynistic. Oh, and I was like, what? Because I genuinely didn't know that twat is part of the well can mean a part of the female anatomy. Yeah, I, I can say vagina. Yeah, as well, I come on. Um, <laughs> I genuinely because I genuinely didn't know that twat like literally quote unquote means vagina. Mm. I just thought it means like you know unpleasant person. Yeah, you idiot. Um, like that was genuinely the first time I'd ever heard that. And so to say that that's misogynistic, I find a bit strange because for one thing, I think you would normally call a man a twat. Yeah. I mean, you can call a woman a twat, but I think most of these insults tend to be sort of archetypally... Well, men deserve <laughs> to be insulted more. They're always doing bad things. I'd love to disagree. 
but I can't. Um, but yeah, so like this thing of, well, I don't know if we'll leave this in, but like some when we um, made a post on Instagram about Sod's Law, yeah. someone, a native English speaker, commented under that, sort of implying that it was homophobic of us to use that phrase, <laughs> because the word sod is like related etymologically to the word sodomy, which used to be a sort of like very judgmental um, sort of biblical way of talking about like same-sex relations basically um and i'm like well okay that link is there etymologically but that word just is not used as a homophobic slur it just isn't like and i i've maybe it is in some i mean there are a lot of english speakers in the world i can't account for how every native speaker uses a certain word but like i in my whole life have never heard that used in a homophobic context so it's a bit weird to me to, to like sort of go and sort of prove scientifically. No, it is homophobic. Yeah. Um, like that's just not really how language works. But but again, like I don't know, it just shows how fraught this whole thing is about mm. um yeah, swearing and I guess just language in general. So I suppose what we're really trying to say is, you know, mind your flipping language. Yeah. Um what sh- what you say, because yeah, it, it might not translate so well uh, people might be offended by it but equally you will probably hear a load of swearing in the UK and uh, we've got a very colourful range of swear words so enjoy learning them yeah, it's um, all part of the rich tapestry of the English language oh I, it was often said to me at school that swearing is a sign of a poor vocabulary I could not disagree more no exactly like how how can not using certain words <laughs> equal a rich vocabulary oh my gosh yes um, that sounds like I'm advocating like slurs and things I'm not oh, you know God, what I mean no. but yeah I mean, we've just got like so many mad swear words um which will all be available in our swearing guide yeah, which I'm I'm really excited for us to release that because yeah I think it's going to be it's just good to know the way in which these words are used and, yeah, the diversity of swearing. We love an inventive uh, swear word yeah. in the UK. And as we've said, if you, you know, if you look up in a bilingual dictionary or what is this swear word in my language in English, what's its equivalent? The answer you get there is not necessarily going to be reliable. So what we're trying to do is kind of fill in those gaps, that kind of cultural knowledge that you need in order to swear truly effectively yeah. uh, in British English. <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, it should be out around about the time that this episode comes out. Mm. Um, what will also be out is the cheat sheet for this episode, which yeah. is available on our Patreon. If there's words we've used that you don't get or cultural references we've made, people we've mentioned like Jacqueline Wilson. Oh, oh lovely Jacqueline um, Wilson. Then yeah, you can have a look on the cheat sheet and that will all be explained. But the cheat sheet won't just be available for Patreon supporters because uh, as this is the final episode of series two can you believe it I know Um, we're going to do a bundle of all the cheat sheets for this series which will be available on our coffee shop yeah so yeah we'll be we're going to have a few weeks away from the podcast but series three will be starting very soon Mm. if there's anything you'd like us to talk about in that series you can get in touch the usual way so on Instagram at not the Queen's English or on our Patreon page, just drop us a message because we love hearing from you. We love to get your feedback, only if it's nice. Yeah, please. <laughs> please don't be mean. Um, no, be honest with us. But yeah, we we would love to hear any topics that you think like, oh, I really want to know more about this thing. So mm. um, just let us know. But yeah, until the next series, uh, bye. Good bloody bye. <laughs> <laughs>